We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Sean Davis here for the Raptors Nation. Your home for everything Raptors. Uh, yeah, you got it. Read it <laughs> I don't know. It looks a little weird on my end now. I've never seen. Do you see at the top left? Does it say live and then have a timestamp, or is it just live? Yeah, it should be live with the uh, like the clock. I don't have the clock. Really? Yeah. Am I going in and out at all, or do I sound and look good? No, you're good. Huh? Okay, that's weird. All right, got me nervous for a sec. So I'm just gonna redo that then. All right, three, two. Hello, everybody. Sean Davis here for the Raptors Nation, your home for everything Raptors. The Raptors coming off a brutal loss where they led, I think, the entire way, if not the entire way, definitely most of the game. And in the last few moments, Jokic got things going a little bit. Jamal Murray knocked down some big shots. Scotty Barnes probably had the worst ejection in NBA history, so bad that the other two officials were just as confused as we fans were. We're going to talk about all that. A quick reminder, please do subscribe right here to the Raptors Nation podcast on the YouTube side and over on podcast. Leave, uh, leave us a five-star rating and review on podcast and hit that post notification bell over on the YouTube side. It's the easiest way to help out the show. Joining me, as always, for the pod, Luca Rosando. Luca, how you feeling, man? I think I texted you last night that I was uh, a little frustrated. That's not why we didn't record last night. I had some... Uh, <laughs> City issues or whatever, but I was very irritated about the Scotty Barnes ejection. How are you feeling uh, 24 hours later? Yeah, still, uh, still hasn't uh, settled in. Uh, that was, like you said, one of the worst technical uh, ejections, period, and just one of the worst calls in general. I mean, we can go on and on and on about what happened. Uh, I've given my take a million times now since that incident happened. But uh, yeah, just in short, I mean, it, it's a call that should have never been called in the heat of the moment. You got two teams yeah. going at it. The competitive levels are at an all-time high. Emotions are at an all-time high. You let that go on. Now, I know Scotty Barnes, it was later revealed that he said something along the lines of uh like this is uh y'all are cheating bro i think that was the the right quote so uh, obviously scott foster took offense to that and then that's why he put out in his report that the reason why he ejected scotty barnes is because he made a remark that uh 
you know, struck the integrity of the officials. I get all that. But at the same time, Sean, I mean, all these players are always bickering and complaining about calls. So if you're going to start nitpicking every little thing that's said when a, when a call doesn't go a player's way, then you're going to eject everybody who complains for calls. So I think in the heat of the moment, it should have just been a no call. Scott Foster should have let these guys play on. If you're going to call the foul on uh, on Pirtle, fine. Leave it at that. But then to eject Scotty Barnes, you award the Nuggets another free throw. At that point, the game was already um, you know, lost in the sense where all the momentum went on the Nuggets' side. It was a one-point game. It's a, a one-point one point game. game. They're shooting free throws. Let's say they make both of them. Sorry to cut you off, Luca. They make both of them. It's a three-point game. But now you yeah. get technical free throws plus the actual free throws. Yeah, but go ahead. Sorry. And, and, and here's the thing too: like the foul on Pirtle was even a bad call because you yeah, play that, was, that, that call back. You play that play back. I mean, these guys were physical with each other all night, so yeah. he was letting a lot of those plays, you know, get away and not call them. So then he calls that there. You award the free throws, and then yeah, on top of that, you eject Barnes. You give him another free throw, and then you, you got a Raptors team. That point on, you're demoralized. Down you, you're down by five and you knew the game was done at that point. So it's just frustrating, Sean, because the Raptors play probably their best game of the season, really. I mean, they led after every single quarter. Yeah. And, yeah, the Nuggets got their first lead. Um, I think it was late in the third, but the Raptors led after every single quarter. They went into the fourth. They carried a six-point lead into the final three minutes. Like, I was sitting there watching this game. Like, the Raptors are about to win this game and get their biggest one of the season that's going to instantly turn their season around like we're like i was ready to do a pod you know talking about how that was the game the the win that saved the raptor season and here we are though talking about how a great game was spoiled by a very very questionable call i mean that was an egregious call it should have never been called and yeah the raptors uh are definitely letting scott foster uh know what they feel about him on twitter Two things really, really quickly. Uh, one, he never had a tech. Like, he hadn't already had a tech in the game. Is that – I just want to make sure my, my backs are correct, right? He didn't have a technical foul before then, right? No, I, I believe, yeah, that's – that. he didn't have right. a technical foul before that. Yeah, it so all happened in that play. My question is, why does it immediately – Why, unless it, like, gets physical, why should it ever escalate – to automatic ejection it's that should never be the case first off second off following up with that point like you said in the heat of the moment but also scott foster you have beef of chris paul one of the most notorious trash talkers of all time you're telling me you haven't heard worse not only from other nba players but from chris paul you ever heard you you're telling me you've never heard worse than y'all cheating bro like come that that's so I want to say something that I shouldn't say. That's so, like, bad. And then my, my, my last point, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, and this is more, like, I can relate to it as, as a coach or whatever. My biggest thing with referees, I get it, it's a very tough job, frustrating at times. My only request ever as a coach, I'm sure a lot of coaches agree, is even, like, I'm not analyst or fan, I'm sure you would agree, is that you just keep it consistent for the whole 48 minutes. That's all I ask. If you're going to let things go, let it go for the entire 48 minutes. Don't choke on your whistle or whatever for the final, whatever. Keep it the exact same. You're going to call every ticky-tacky foul. I want every single ticky-tacky foul called the entire 48 minutes. Because then when you change something up, that's most of the times when you see coaches like really get frustrated at referees. It's mostly because 
you call ticky tacky foul, ticky tacky foul, ticky tacky foul. Okay, now after the third one, I'm like, okay, this is that type of game, right? The fourth one, you don't call, right? Or in a pivotal moment, you're like, oh, well, now nah, I'm going to let that one play. No, you just let this play for 47 and a half minutes. Why? Because it's the last 30 seconds you're going to let it go. Um, that's my biggest frustration with the refs. So, yeah, even like me watching, I was like, eh, okay, maybe in some, like if it's that kind of game, I, I get it, sort of. I wouldn't have called it personally because there's so many calls, especially, like you said, time and place was like 35 seconds left. They hold a one-point lead. You kind of bailed the Nuggets out, too, because that's a terrible offensive possession by them. So, personally, I would have called them, like, yeah, okay, if it's that kind of game. But, um, yeah, so there's my side of, like, area on my frustration. Scott Foster, you've heard worse than that. And, like, come on, you got to keep it consistent for 48 minutes. And why are we automatically going straight for an ejection? That's – yeah. My That's the thing that was really, really bad. And I mean, you know, it's bad when not just Raptors fans are complaining about how bad <laughs> the call that was. I mean, every other fan base weighed in, it seemed, and they agreed. I mean, you had guys like Bill Simmons even saying how Scott Foster is notorious for these types of wow, performances yeah, where he just Fs over one team. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, you look at his track record. That's the thing that is just mind-boggling. It's like, how is this guy even still officiating? Like, he clearly Isn't has... It- agendas that he you know goes into these games and we've seen it time and time before Sean I mean he literally can dictate the entire outcome of a game with his whistle and he is good he was good friends with Donaghy you know back in the day they did their thing obviously you know I don't want to get too much into that but we already know how that ended if you go watch the documentary but having him in these games and yeah just seeing what He's done to the likes of Chris Paul over the years. I was just about can, to say, like, has it is isn't it a stat or whatever that Chris Paul? I'm sure it's not every game ever, but is it like every postseason game ever? Chris Paul's never won a game. Yeah, I think that's still valid. I don't think. Yeah, I think uh, he's he's literally 0-4 in the playoffs every time Scott Foster uh, officiates his game. So when you look at things like that, I mean. It, it is ridiculous, and uh, yeah, it's just very unfortunate, man, because that was a great game, went down to the wire, under 30 seconds to go, one-point game. Even Nick Nurse said, I didn't see a whole lot there. What a way to ruin a, a great competitive game that would have went down to the wire. And uh, yeah, the Nuggets escape. Look, you got to give the Nuggets credit, too, because obviously it wasn't just that one call. Jamal Murray was hot late. He hit a big three when the Raptors were up by six. If Jamal Murray doesn't hit that three, the Raptors win that game. Like, that was such a big three by Jamal Murray because then after that, Murray cut into the lane. He he scored a layup. That made it a one. But then the top Foster masterclass happened where he overturned the foul on Scotty Barnes, which then led to the jump ball. The Nuggets win the jump with Jokic, and then that same possession – the foul happens, and then the ejection, and then you knew at that point the Raptors are toast. Yeah, Jamal Murray, 24 points, five assists. I, I, I'm i just as a basketball fan, I can't wait to see Jamal Murray back in the playoff setting. Um, last time you what, saw Jamal in the playoffs was like the bubble, and we remember how ins- – God, has it really been that long? Has he really been hurt this long? That's why the Nuggets are legit in a lot of people's eyes, right? The last time Jamal Murray played at this high of a level was the bubble, and the Nuggets made it to the Western Conference Finals before falling to the Lakers. So I think he's the key. And I think when Jamal Murray plays as he did in late-game situations, like he showed us versus the Raptors, 
the Nuggets become that much more dangerous. But I also want to say this, Michael Porter Jr., I didn't realize how much of an improved three-point shot he had. Like, this dude was lights out from three. Yeah, and he's as a, a sharpshooter now. He's been shooting the lights out. And, yeah, he, he is a sharpshooter now. So, I mean, those two guys in particular elevating their game, there's a reason why the Nuggets aren't first in the West and have the best home record. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. shooting around – Michael Porter Jr. shooting around 41% from three this season. Jamal Murray just under 40%. So when your starting point guard is a borderline elite three-point shooter and your one-year wings are – oh, wait, and then they have KCP too. Can't forget yeah. KCP. I think it's at uh, 44% from three. So you got three guys around Jokic. If it's not 43, it's, it's something high. Hold on. KCP, while well, that's loading or whatever. You got you got three guys, three starters you're surrounding Jokic with that are yep, 44.3% KCP, like 39 and a half, 39.4 for Jamal Murray, and then like 41.4 for Michael Porter Jr. You have three elite shooters next to Nicole Jokic, who is definitely, I don't want to talk about it because it's very controversial right now because of certain media members, but one of the front runners for the MVP, if not the MVP. Yeah, I, I think he's the MVP. But yeah, well, we could get into that on a, another podcast. One more point I want to make before we kind of jump here to look at the Raptors' uh, next couple of games. So the Raptors played really, really well, right? I just hope coming out of this, the ending of the game doesn't negatively impact them going into these other games. Because like, it's twofold, right? Raptors win this game. That's a massive win. You have so much momentum now going for you, the rest of the West Coast trip. And a part of this entire gauntlet that we've been talking about is going to make or break the Raptors. Whereas you lose a game that you played next to perfect. You just couldn't close it out. I hope that doesn't sting the Raptors where they come all flat in the next game and then the game after that. Because it's not like they're facing scrub teams coming up. It's not like they're taking on the Wizards again or the Hornets. They're taking on the Clippers, who finally got a win with Westbrook, so they're going to be feeling good about that. They're taking on your Lakers on Friday, a much improved Lakers team. So I just hope the Raptors can take the positives from this one and just move on and just forget about what happened. And speaking of the positives, just want to quickly highlight some of them. Yakapurtle, another great game. He's been so good for the Raptors. Um, you look at Fred Van Vliet. He had a great game as well. I thought the Raptors did a terrific job on Jokic. I know Jokic was, I think, like an assist away from a triple-double, but he had a very quiet game, in my opinion. Raptors really neutralized them. They threw uh, Pirtle at him, OG, OG. Scotty Barnes, uh, you know, had some time with Jokic as well. Um, so th that was definitely great to see. I think the Raptors got to just continue to fuel their guys. Hopefully, see Yakim can get it going a little bit more. I feel like he missed a couple of easy shots in this one, and they got to limit their turnovers. Aside from that, I love their energy in this one. They were laser focused. They were locked in. So I really hope this carries into Wednesday now. Yeah, and you almost beat probably the second best team in basketball right now, if not the best team in basketball, on a again another quote unquote off night scoring wise from your best player. I mean, Fred VanVleet yeah. was spectacular, twenty one points. 14 assists, uh, relatively, I mean, I don't, I don't, this wasn't the most efficient game, but uh, so far in the month of March, three games, so let's just go last three games, say in the month of March, like eight days in, uh, 20 points and 10.3 assists per game, 
42% from the floor, 35%, 35 35.5% from three. So for Fred Bambley, I'm more so impressed by the assist numbers, I'm being quite honest with you, and only about two and a half assists, just under two and a half assists per game as well. Freddie has been great. He's been phenomenal um, over this recent stretch of games. So um, hopefully that can continue because, like you said, the Clippers game, uh, to time in this recording tonight, actually. Is that tonight? Yeah. Yeah, yeah tonight. So tonight uh, against the Clippers, we're going to dive into all that, playing against uh, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard playing against his former team. Um, Norman Powell is reportedly going to be listed as out for this game, so the Raptors won't get to play Norman Powell. The last time th- those two teams faced off, uh, it led to a Clippers win in Toronto, 124-113. to 113. Uh, Siakam, per the usual, spectacular, right? 36 points in the last game against the Clippers, but a really rough third quarter. Uh, they lost the third quarter by 11 after going into halftime down four. And, um, yeah, so Gary Trent Jr. last time he had 20, but no, this was without Precious. Uh, so, no, and Malachi Flynn was playing 26 minutes, right? And Juancho Harmon Gomez started. So, a very different Raptors team. And I think some ways you can say a very different Clippers team, too, Good for the good and for the bad. Luca, what should we be looking forward to heading into tonight's matchup with the Clippers? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think Siakam has to have a big game. I mean, I would argue if Siakam had made a couple of makeable baskets that he normally makes, the Raptors win that game with relatively ease against the Nuggets. I mean, I can count at least three times uh, in my head that Siakam should have made, you know, bunnies that he normally makes around the rim. So I'm looking for Siakam to have close to that 30 point mark in this Clippers game in particular. And this is a Pascal Siakam who he's no stranger from playing very well in California. And now you're going to be taking on back-to-back LA teams. This is Pascal Siakam time. He's got to, you know, make sure that he is the best player 
for the Raptors in this game. He's got to look to find his offense early. And yeah, the Raptors just got to continue to get the solid productions from the likes of, I thought Fred Van Vliet was really, really good. They need something similar in this one. Fred Van Vliet was not only uh, getting his shot to fall, but I liked how he was finding his teammates. And he was the facilitator, Fred, that we've spoke so many times on the show. He needs to be for the Raptors to be successful. And again, it's going to come down to one of the other guys stepping up, right? We always talking about, uh, we always talk about on the show Siakam having the best game, but then you need at least two other guys to come in with solid contributions. So if Siakam could get his going, you know, Fred continues what he's been doing, and then you get at least an OG, a Gary Trent Jr., or Scotty Barnes, who can have an impactful game. The Raptors should be able to make this game competitive, no doubt about it. I mean, you look at the Clippers, they've been on the decline a little bit. This is a team that I've been high on all season. I, you know, I said they were going to make it to the NBA Finals. That was my pick. But you look at this team the last couple of games, even in that come from behind win against the Grizzlies, there's been nothing there that suggests that this team is turning the corner for a right reason. I mean, this is a team that has been playing sloppy basketball. They've lost, you know, what now, five of their last six games, and they did not look good in their last two games. The the blowout loss against the Warriors, they look lifeless. They look lifeless through three quarters against the Grizzlies. So we know you can't do that against this Raptors team. If the Clippers come out with the same effort they did in the Grizzlies game versus the Raptors, if the Raptors can play as they did, against the Nuggets, laser-focused and sharp, this is going to be advantage Raptors. So I think the Clippers really need to come out with that sense of urgency, and they cannot take the Raptors lightly, because if you do, I think the Raptors will have some success there. So, yeah, I think Siakam needs to have a big game, though. I'm looking for Siakam to, like I said, get around that 30-point mark. mark. I think he needs to hit that in order for the Raptors to sneak away with a win. So should be an interesting game. But the Raptors, they're going to need this game. This is going to be a huge game for them to get because I'm not feeling as confident going into the Lakers matchup just because the Lakers have been on the, uh, uh, you know, they've been on the rise compared to this Clippers team. So the Raptors got to win this one because if the Raptors lose this game and even worse, they look bad then you got to go into, you know, or you got to, you know, stay in LA and take on the Lakers and you have a chance now to possibly fall 0-3 before you continue on this brutal, brutal gauntlet. It's not going to look good for the Raptors. But remember, they, they need to win these games. Right now, they're in the play-in. There's no guarantees that this team is going to stay in the play-in or even make the playoffs. And they're two games under 500. So uh, things could get ugly real quick. They, they definitely need to win against the Clippers on Wednesday night. Uh, a couple of stats for you about Pascal Siakam. This is only the second time this season where Pascal Siakam has had three consecutive games with under 20 or more points. He had wow. 13 the first game against the Wizards, 15 the second game against Wizards, and 19 uh, last night at the time of this recording against the Denver Nuggets. The only other time this season where he had three straight games, not consecutive, but three straight games, uh, not like back to back, but three straight. My bad. Trying to make sure my wording is right. Three straight games of under twenty or more points was against the Orlando Magic from uh, December eleventh, and wrapping up with the Brooklyn Nets on December sixteenth. That was in the midst of a three-game losing streak against the Magic Kings and Nets. Um, and last stat regarding that, Pascal Siakam, the Raptors rather in games where Pascal has less than twenty points. They are 3-14 and 14 in games where Siakam does.
does not score at least 20 points. And then last, last thing about those back-to-back stretches of games where Siaka or three straight game stretches where Siakam had less than 20. Oh, not one of those games to Siakam take 20 shots. The most shots he took in one of those games was 19, and that only happened once. He scored, he only took 10 shots one time, and that was against the Wizards. So he had more games where he shot 10 or uh, 10 shots or less than he did where he took at least 20 shots. So Siakam has to be aggressive and assert himself early. Um, and yeah, the Raptors are going to need it heading into that game. Um, this is the last pod before we, uh, they, so we won't talk about the Lakers game. Uh, we, and this will be the last pod before the Lakers game. So let's preview that game really, really quickly. Luca, how do you think the Lakers, how do you think the Raptors match up with the Lakers? The Lakers should have D'Angelo Russell back for uh, Friday night's game with the, with the Raptors. Um, and, you know, Anthony Davis has just been phenomenal over this uh, recent stretch of games. Uh, talk about somebody being assertive and asserting their will. In the last 10, Anthony Davis just under 26 points, 13 boards, uh, two and a half blocks, two and a half steals roughly on 51% shooting as well. How do the, how do the Raptors match up with the Lakers, Luca? I mean, that, that's who scares me. It's Anthony Davis. How are the Raptors going to try to slow down AD, who, like you said, Sean, is an, uh, on an absolute tear, and he's needed to be this good for the Lakers to survive this stretch with all LeBron. LeBron's not going to be going in this one, but that's huge, getting D'Angelo Russell back. Um, you're going to have now a, a, another instant scorer come onto this team. So you're going to have AD, who's been playing an all-time, all-time high level. You're going to have you know D'Lo into the mix, and – the, the Lakers just, you know, they've looked so good since they picked up these new pieces. Um, and this team is just gelling so well. And you can tell the continuity out there is just at an all-time high. You know, you got Jared Vanderbilt, who's been, you know, one of the better defenders in the league. Uh, Schroeder's capable of going off. So the, the Lakers, this is not something that you were able to say about them too long ago, but they actually have nice depth. I mean, they got multiple guys who can be difference makers in this game. And the Raptors... I think they're going to have a tough time with AD. Now look for Nick Nurse to try to do whatever it takes to slow him down and let everybody else try to beat him. But uh, I think this is going to be a very tight contest, and the Raptors are definitely going to need Pascal Siakam to have a, a typical Pascal Siakam performance because if not, they're going to have their work cut out for them. You know the Lakers are not playing any games, and this is a massive game for them as well, which is important to know. The Raptors are not going to be the only desperate team in this one. It's going to be the Lakers because the Lakers are trying to get into the top six, which right now they have a better chance of getting to the top six than the Raptors. So uh, the Lakers, I, I think they're going to be ready to play in this one. I-, I would like the Raptors to get at least one of these next two and like I said, I think it's they have a better chance beating the Clippers than the Lakers. Yeah, um, it's going to be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. Well, Raptors Nation, thank you all as always for tuning in. And make sure you guys leave a comment down below. What will the Raptors record be after these two games in Los Angeles? And how frustrating, how frustrated are you after the Raptors' brutal loss to the Denver Nuggets? Comment down below as always. Leave a like and share. Stay safe, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Peace out. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. 
They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 